I was fortunate enough, oddly, paradoxically, to go through such tragedy. Because when you literally feel like you're at rock bottom, there's nowhere but up in whatever you fucking choose. And so I was fortunate enough, I'd say, to go through those things to where any step that I took was going to lead me somewhere different. And as long as it was aligned with my heart, I I knew it was going to take me somewhere beautiful. Welcome to the Stay Grounded Podcast. I'm your host, Raj Jana, founder of Liberate, and it's my mission to help you become the most grounded, loving, and authentic version of yourself that you can be. Each week, I interview experts in the fields of mindset, spirituality, and emotional well-being. My brilliant guests share their tools, stories, and unique perspectives to help you develop the skills you need to show up fully for the people and things that matter most in your life. Now let's dive in. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded with my brother, Mr. Ryan Matsumori. It's a little context on Ryan. We met in Boulder when I was there over the summer, and we just dropped in so deep. This guy has got such a big heart, such a passionate curiosity for the inner work. And you can just feel his depth and the way that he holds space. And every single conversation I had with Ryan was just so enriching and enlivening that I just had to have him on the show. And I can't wait for you guys to get to know him. So just to give you a little bit of background on Ryan, he's a professional coach um, who basically works with mostly men also to help them experience deeper levels of connectedness Uh, deeper levels of passion, deeper levels of alignment, and really go from a a life that is led by the mind to one that is um, thriving in the heart. And, you know, we talk a lot about this journey of the head to the heart and getting out of our mind and our safety mechanisms into the body, which is where true safety lies. And, you know, I've been on that journey for almost five years now. You know, when I really think about where I was when I first got down this path, like I was very disconnected from my emotions, very disconnected from the sensations in my body, very disconnected from the truth of what I wanted to live and how I needed to live. I was so afraid. And as I'm sitting in that frequency, like all you can do is just live in your trauma. All you can do is live in your patterns. All you can do is just live up in your mind. And the journey of going from the mind to the body to the heart is sometimes a tumultuous one. Sometimes it takes a lot of... um, inner working to get through to the other side. But when you do get to the other side, you experience so much joy and freedom. That's really what we speak about on this podcast is the journey of going from the mind to the body to the heart. So I can't wait for you guys to enjoy this episode with Ryan and for you to just continue finding yourselves in our stories. Um, We open up, you know, Ryan also used to be an engineer who then followed the path of entrepreneurship to become uh, a coach. And you know, I just love bringing individuals who have made brave choices to live a life of alignment onto the show because it's just an inspiring reminder that we all have the capacity to face our fears and to create a life that is truly uh, one that lights our souls on fire. So I love you guys. I am appreciative of all of you for giving us the time, space, energy, and attention that you do. And without further ado, here is my buddy, Mr. Ryan Matsumori. Enjoy. Yo, yo, what's up, brother? Hey there, brother. It's good to have you here. Mm. Dude, Ryan, I, it's been like such a freaking treat to drop in with you at every single encounter I've had. Like, I feel like we don't just have five-minute conversations 
Like it's supposed to be just a, Hey, hello, how are you doing? And then all of a sudden it ends up going down a rabbit hole of just deep exploration, deep heart space. And I've just so appreciated, um, the chance to just go so deep with you in such a short period of time. I mean, I really feel like your depth and your resonance. And so I just really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be here. And mm. the fact that we get to go deep now with a mic yeah. to capture a few of the, uh, <laughs> the crazy conversations that we've been having is, is yeah. really special. So, yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind is I know so many people that can relate to that. And what I'm pointing to is they're having conversations with their friends or with their friend. And afterwards they're like, Oh, we should have recorded that. There was just so much that came through that people need to hear that this, Oh my, like these are things that everybody's thinking and feeling we should have recorded it. So I love, and I appreciate that you're a man who's intentionally creating the space, the time, the effort, the energy to actually capture these conversations that are authentically happening and that they get to be experienced by, by so many people that might not have the opportunity or the community mm. to, to be having these conversations um, or to be even aware that they are going on because they are. And so I just, I appreciate you putting together this structure for more and more to be shared. Mm, thank you for sharing that, man. And I just want to name that, like, most people don't even recognize that these conversations are going on. And I think when we talk about, like, kind of the original construct of this podcast, which is, like, how to stay grounded in a world that wants you to not stay grounded, mm. I think one of the biggest things that keeps us from being grounded is thinking that none of these conversations are actually happening. You know, it's thinking that we are alone. It's being fed the news. It's being fed all these out, these inputs that want us to be scared, that want us to be in a state of fight or flight, that are triggering our nervous systems and are pulling us out of authentic connection to what's true here and now. Right? Like when you're connected to another human being, there is no fear. It doesn't matter what their political affiliation is. It doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what orientation they are. When you're just dropped in with another human being, there is just connection and presence. And I feel like that's what you're really referring to is that like we've almost gotten to the state of we're so discontent, we're, so, we're more connected than we've ever been, yet there's so much beauty that happens behind the scenes that doesn't get talked about. And I think that's ultimately what I know this podcast can be for people. And I hope mm -hmm. that, and so I, I appreciate you bringing that up because it is so, you know, I, I feel, and I'm sure you do too, I just feel very blessed and lucky sometimes that like, we just have all these resources around us. Um, I'm curious to know, like, you know, in your experience, just having these conversations with people, like, what do you think is like one of the biggest factors that pulls us out of just being in a more grounded state on a regular basis? Like, what do you think are like, and, 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 and how can we, how can we be aware of those tendrils that are just kind of connected to us, whether they're consciously connected or unconsciously connected so that we can be more aware of what's actually driving our behavior. Mm. The first thing that comes to mind, and there's so many different webs that this can go off into, self-judgment. Mm. Um, I think it's the starting point that keeps us from being deeply connected with ourself. And when we're not deeply connected with ourself, we can't be deeply connected with other. And when we're not actually deeply connected and like you mentioned being authentic with another person, but it starts with being authentic with ourself. Mm -hmm. And if we're not being authentic with ourself, we're not going to be grounded. 
it's if I can elaborate a little bit, it's this, um, what came first, the chicken or the egg in a way. And I think a lot of people's natural, natural reaction is to distract from disassociate from or avoid being authentic with themselves because it's extremely uncomfortable to be aware of and acknowledge all the things that you're thinking and feeling, especially the ones that aren't accepted in society. And when we avoid those things, that's going to create dysregulation. Now we're not going to trust ourselves because we don't know ourselves because we're avoiding ourselves. And that's the starting point of dysregulation where you actually want to face those things, be with those things that might create a moment of discomfort, a moment of dysregulation. But when you're with it and you move through it, you now know yourself. You're now confident. You're now able to be present. You're now able to show up in the world with a regulated state. But if you're always disassociating from yourself and, and not knowing yourself intimately and deeply, I don't think anyone who does that is going to authentically going to be able to show up completely grounded in the world. Yeah, it's almost like the, you know, we think about the shadow, mm. right? There's a lot of beauty in the shadow. Our power is in the shadow mm. because it runs our lives. And if we don't take the time to become intimate with the aspects of ourselves that are hidden to us, mm. we're... Like, I think there's a beautiful Carl Jung quote. It was like, you know, something about destiny. Like some people like never look at their shadow and then they go through their lives thinking it's destiny, mm. but it's actually just the shadow controlling your life. And I, and I think that's what you're really speaking to, which is that like, cause I, I've certainly found that in myself, like three or four years ago, you know, I was looking for all sorts of distractions outside of me to keep me grounded whether it was the breath works, the meditations, the plant medicine. God, I was going to so many plant medicine ceremonies and I was doing all these things. But it wasn't until I got to the other side of that, which is integration, which is what you're speaking to, which is looking to those aspects of ourselves that we're hiding from or avoiding or in denial of. And like, mm. it's almost like when you try to hide from yourself, but you live in your body. Yeah. It's like, that's what creates all this tension and noise. And it's this, this constant program that's running without us even being aware of it, like these, these faulty programs that are just running in the background. And so I, I love that bringing it back to self-judgment because it's such a frame like, wow, like, so if I'm judging myself or if there's a loop, so it's almost like, can you elaborate that on a little more? Like, so when you say self-judgment, like mm. color out what <clears throat> you're actually yeah. referring to by self-judgment. I appreciate that because it, it is a full spectrum. Um, I'll give I'll give one example that can be one of millions. You know, this past weekend I was hanging out with a group of my college friends um, that I hadn't seen in a long time, and so me being a professional men's coach, supporting men in their relationship with themselves, their wife, their children, um, I'm surrounded in my profession in what I do and the communities that I'm in, complete vulnerability, mm. complete authenticity complete like emotional expression and freedom and being able to hold space for others, giving back and forth without your own personal judgments and projections. And well, what about me? I need to be seen. Like it's, it feels very healthy and it feels very healing. And I was reminded in being with my friends from college, that's not normal. Yeah. That is not well seen. That is not well known across the entire world, across the U.S., across all kinds of communities. Um, and, I'll, and I'll give an example. I had a friend that, that shared with me, hey, you know, uh, my wife a few years back had a, a miscarriage. 
and it's uh you know it's hard for me to you know to tell people but it you know as i've slowly opened up to let's say coworkers or other friends and have slowly brought some of these intimate details into the space it's been welcomed and it feels really good to be able to just share honestly so when i talk about the self judgment it's even like the societal judgments that then become self judgment where a lot of times most people when they get pregnant they wait until a certain point to tell friends and family that they're pregnant because of the judgment what i perceive to be a self judgment that if i or my wife were to miscarry that that, that means we did something wrong or there's something wrong with them something wrong with them yeah, or the we shame did something wrong the shame yeah the shame kicks in yeah. and as opposed to myself and Ana Paula I know that the moment we find out we're pregnant hey we got pregnant knowing full 100% well she may go through a miscarriage and knowing full 100% well women are going through miscarriages all the time way more than anybody ever knows because everyone's keeping it behind closed doors and then they're feeling guilty and then they're feeling shameful and then they go into depression and then they don't trust themselves and then they're in stress and they have anxiety and cortisol and adrenaline just running through their natural state when if they were to just live in a world where they can be open and be supported and they're aware of how normal it is they can begin to release a lot of that self-judgment and and be more healthy and then be more healthy to get pregnant and be more healthy to not miscarry. It's so but it's fast. like a perpetuating cycle it is, of it is internal dissonance. Totally the shame that's embedded in culture that then activates your personal shame is just like this self-fulfilling cycle, mm-hmm. right? Like the shame keeps us trapped. But And what's fascinating about shame is that like, and they've actually done studies on this, like when shame gives, when, when you give light to shame, when you give space for shame to be seen, it actually just goes away. It, it dissolves, it alchemizes. Shame cannot live in the sunlight. Yeah. And, and that to me is one of the biggest cheat codes why I feel like community is one of the most powerful mental health resources of mm-hmm. all. Like it's not gonna be, I mean, don't get me wrong, like there's likely a time and place for medications. There's certainly a time and place for psychedelics. There's a time and place for all the tools. But having people that can just hold space for you, not even help you work through something, but just listen to you without judgment has a, in my eyes and in my experience personally, a bigger healing impact on my entire nervous system because of what you just mentioned. I'm not trying to hide anymore. I'm just safe. And safety, I think, is the missing link. Like when we feel safe, like, and safety is, and I'd love to actually jam on safety with you because I think safety is one of those things like that just as as a culture you know we feel just inherently unsafe either unsafe to be ourselves unsafe to engage with with other human beings whether it's in the form of relating intimately mm-hmm. or in the realms of like being honest and authentic in our work or really anything like that like, i think there's like this inherent safety in and and i'd love to maybe unpack that with you like what has been your journey with like creating safety within yourself because I, because like mm. safety within yourself is like, the, mm. to me, the foundation for authenticity to exist, which is then the antidote to self-judgment. I'll speak for myself. 
Yeah. And, and again, there's, there's a chicken or the egg that, that comes up for me in this. And, and I've been fortunate enough to go to have enough support in my life, I'd say, combined with enough trauma and breakdown and pain as catalysts to, to lead in creating my own safety. So it's like, what came first? Um, do I need to first feel safe to be vulnerable? Or if I lead with vulnerability, do I then realize it's okay to be safe? That's a beautiful question. And I, I mean, I'd love to, I guess it could be both, right? They're both tools and pathways in mm-hmm. to an ultimate end zone, yeah. which is just safety, mm-hmm. right? Like it's kind of like the thing, like if you're afraid, do you work through the fear and then take the action or does taking the action just dissolve the fear? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I, I feel that for me and, and I'll share with the audience cause um, you know, we want all of this to be relevant. So my, my background, I was a mechanical engineer for 10 years in San Diego and I went through a marriage and a divorce and like a huge unexpected cataclysmic breakdown that neither I or her could have ever predicted or saw coming that just devastated the both of us and brought us down to like rock bottom, breaking down of all societal conditioning, all kinds of things. Um, to then emerge as who we were really meant to be separate from all of those things. Um, and so it's, there's a quote from fight club that represents my life experience that it's only after you've lost everything that you're free to do anything. And so I, I had hit so low in that emotional turmoil that starting to just lead with vulnerability wasn't going to be nearly as painful as I thought it was because I've already reached so much pain. And, you know, in leaving engineering and becoming a a life coach, now a men's coach, imagine what my parents Mm -hmm. would think. Yeah. You know, this was seven years ago. Um, And my fear, because for the audience like who wants to make life transitions. You're not in the job that you want, the relationship that you want. You're afraid of judgment, making the wrong decision. I was so afraid that if I left engineering and became a coach, that everyone was going to leave me. My parents were going to leave me. My brother was going to leave me. My, my friends were going to leave me because I, I, I would no longer then be who everybody thought I was and who I thought I was. Yeah. I wasn't playing this role of, of engineer. I'm now playing this role of something completely different. And so it was learning, like learning to follow your heart. You got to learn to follow your heart outside of your conditioning, take that next step. And then you will consistently see that people will love you for it. They will not leave you for it. And if people do leave you, they're meant to leave you. Trust me. Um, so it was the fear that I would be completely rejected still the courage to take the next steps and seeing that I'm accepted and loved even more and that people actually wanted that more for me and they loved it more for me. And, and then it gets celebrated. And so I think with generating safety on, on one aspect of that polarity that we talked about, listen to your heart, take that next uncomfortable action that's authentic to you. Um, and then you're going to generate more safety for yourself. Um, more people are going to accept you, want you, celebrate you, and the ones that don't, you're, you're going to get clear aren't meant to be there. Well, what's what I've always found with safety is that, like, yes, there's that piece of being able to express and taking the courage, 
But it was also like a piece of safety that came from me was knowing that like if I say the wrong thing or if I show up the wrong way, I can handle it on the other end. Mm. So there's this like beautiful like piece of like, okay, like this other person will accept me. And there's a, a, a piece of like training, safety training in that and like showing that like, oh, other people are not as bad as I think they are. Mm. Right. And if they are, whatever. But then on the other side of that, it's like, hey, actually, like I've got me and like me sharing myself, me being authentic in my expression, me showing up fully has actually nothing to do with them. I love myself so much that I want myself to be seen. Mm. And so like there's this piece of self-love that's attached to safety because I think when you love yourself enough, you get to a place where like, wow, I value this relationship with me more than I really like, like this is the relationship that matters most. And so like, if I'm not being authentic with my needs, if I am hiding how I feel out of a risk of being rejected, blamed, ridiculed, dismissed, ostracized at the end of the day, like, okay, I'm either maintaining a relationship in my head with someone else or a real authentic relationship with me. And so like for me, like the journey into safety, I remember in my last relationship, like that was what was so huge. Like I had to practice that because in my previous relationship of nine years, like I didn't have that foundation of self-love, but when the self-love came online, then all of a sudden I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Like I could either keep that to my, this to myself or I can be authentic. Mm. And then that's when I, it's almost like the courage started building from that space of like, okay, like I matter yeah. and that's the foundation. And if that's the foundation, then I think all the other things sort of just fall into place because mm-hmm. naturally you'll find your little cracks and crevices to stretch that safety muscle because mm-hmm. it's coming from that place of authentic self-love. Mm. There's something you said that I'm curious about. You said getting to the point where you realize that I've got me, what would you say for you were the practices um, or the experiences that you had that started to cultivate more of the sense or the authentic, genuine feeling of, okay, maybe I am okay. Maybe I do got me. So as I'm connecting to that, I think it's when I say I, I'm not just referring to me. I'm referring to the greater I like there's like Raj and then there's like higher self. Then there's like the universe. And I think I'm like, when I think of like just oneness, Mm. I'm connecting to all of that. So when I say Mm. I got me, I'm not saying Raj in this physical form Mm. has got him. Sometimes that is the case. Like sometimes I look at my brain, I look at my capacity. I I have a a journal that I've literally written down with like 300 things that I've accomplished in my life. And so anytime I feel like crap, I just go back and read that. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're freaking awesome, dude. Like don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Mm. I have like a list of things that I read that remind me of like my human form. But I think at the grander level, I've cultivated this. And I think this is a cultivation. It's not something that it's like, I think faith is a, a muscle that gets built over time. Um, I think faith is a muscle that gets built over time. And I think those micro moments where I get an opportunity to practice, like, okay, can I surrender and just trust that me sharing this thing that I'm so afraid of or me going into this thing I'm so afraid of or me trying this thing I'm so afraid of. It doesn't matter if I succeed or fail because at the end of the day, like I, whether it's life, nature, Gaia, Pachamama, whatever, the universe, or just me, 
like I'll be okay. And I think there's a deep safety in that. Like, Oh yeah. You know, like the infinite safety. That's, that's to me like that is like the, when we think about staying grounded, just as we live throughout this chaotic life, like I think that is the ultimate muscle and skill set to cultivate and build. <sighs> mm. Wow. Yeah. I'd love to know, like, what is your relationship <laughs> to, to faith? I think mm. like, you know, cause I, I, to me, and this is in my eyes and I'd love to hear your perspectives. If there are tools that you found in your life, like mm. to really cultivate more <clears> of that, like I got my own back. And I also love to learn like what role does, does faith play in, in your own practice as a man and as you kind of lead yourself and others through uh, a life that gives you a lot to not believe in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's interesting because third time it's come out now, chicken or the egg. You know, when people on this journey um, of safety and, and let's say faith or spirituality, um, Sometimes once like, let's say practical human tools to generate safety and then the spirituality to experience that. Um, some people it takes just going with the practical pragmatic tools first to generate that initial sense of safety in the body and the and, nervous and system. What, and what do you think those are like just mm. as a, as a, let's just name them for what yeah. they are. Cause I think you brought up a really important point of like, like kind of the, the basic tools and then there's the spiritual tools. Mm. And I think those are two different tools, toolkits yeah. that are useful in general, like yeah. there's not one over the other. It's just, they're both. So I'd love to maybe let's paint a picture of what those basic ones are. What, uh, so if we were to keep it to the, the basic fundamentals, generalizing for most human beings that, that I've experienced, especially in Western culture, because there's different things that work better for different people. Yeah. But in general, the main philosophy that I advocate for that has worked for me, that has worked for all my clients. I've worked with hundreds, hundreds of clients, lots of, uh, type A financial advisors, um, out of the head into the body, out of the head into the body, like whatever you can do to get into your body. And this is, this is where you need to start. This is where we all get to start in regulating our nervous systems. Um, we're not taught this. We're actually taught to shut this down. Look, look at children with the energy that flows through them. They are fully embodied. They're happy, they're happy. They're sad, they're sad. They're angry, they're angry. They can move through things. So they can go from crying to laughing and playing and back and forth so quickly and so authentically because they're fully embodying it and allowing themselves to mo fully move through it. And when you allow yourself to fully move through something without holding it back, you're free. And there's like a lot of the work that I do with men. And so when you can get out of your fucking head and get into your body and move the energy, you're now creating regulation in your system, in your chemical system, in your nervous system, uh, in your musculos, your musculatory system, uh, vasculatory, everything. Um, shaking, simple thing, shaking and bouncing. If you've never heard of it, just Google shaking and bouncing for nervous system regulation. There you go, that's what it is. And the thing is, I think this is something that gets in our way as humans too. It's so fucking crazy in the head. It gets so complicated and overwhelming in the head. And we live in such a complex society that we think it takes something extremely complex to overcome the complexity of what we're going through. On the other side of complexity is simplicity. It's so simple. Stand up and fucking bounce and shake for one minute, three minutes, five minutes. 
and then stop and breathe and notice how you feel, you feel 10 times better. Like it's not going to solve your problems in life, but it's going to bring your chemical, mental, emotional system to a place of safety and ground so you are most apt to be able to handle those problems in the most effective, easeful way. And I think that's, there's two reasons why people don't do these simple freaking practices. One, they judge themselves because standing up and shaking, you don't see that. That's, that guy's weird. Who, what the fuck's going on over there? You judge yourself because you're doing something you haven't seen before and that you were never taught by your parents. Um, yeah. So th- those are my initial thoughts on. But the other side now, like mm-hmm. if we come back to the spiritual mm-hmm. okay. safety, cause mm-hmm. I'm, I'd, I'd love to like really ground it. Cause like, I, I think, you know, when we think about like grounding in the present moment, right? Like there's this, there's these tools to bring us into the present moment. But I've always found that like, once you ground into the present moment, the thing that actually allows the grounding to stick are the insights and like the principles and the perspectives and the philosophies, like the reminders that like, if you truly integrated the spiritual reminder or the spiritual safety principle that I am held by something greater, so much greater than me. And you, and you took the time and practice to like, actually look back on your life and have a list of all the times where like miracles have happened. Like eventually you'll get to a point where like, at least for me, I've gotten to a point now where I don't even need the basic tools Mm -hmm. because I can just come to this embodied reminder in the moment. That's like, wow. Like, no, like, yeah, there's some shit happening right now and it's going to throw me off. And how many times has that happened to me in my life? And how many times have I been okay? How many times has a, has a magical gift just showed up for me out of nowhere or a person or, 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 or a, a synchronicity that just seems to be guided. Yeah. It's like the person, the perfect person with the perfect message at the perfect time, or I'm on Instagram and I see the perfect video. It's like, yep. so there's this, like, there's this balance I'm finding mm-hmm. and I'm curious to know, like, is there, um, what, what, uh, these full, like principles have shown up for you in your, in your life? Like what insights continue kind of being reminded for you um in in a, in a way that continue reinforcing this this sort of embodied sense of safety mm. yeah i think it's really beautiful because from this sense we're all mirrors for each other um so everything that you're speaking to i've also experienced and what i heard and what you were sharing is there there's two aspects at least my interpretation of what you just shared there's a, a belief aspect in the spirituality and then there's a where you choose to focus, okay? And, and I'll elaborate on these. So from a belief side, you know, whether someone's Christian or Hindu or atheist, whatever it is, uh, there's a quote from Einstein that I love. He has so many amazing quotes. <clears throat> I think in essence what it says is the most important question to, for you to answer in your life is whether you live in a friendly or a hostile universe because that's going to shape every one of your experiences from that focal point. So do you live in a friendly universe intrinsically or a hostile universe intrinsically? And then that will, that will frame how you experience yourself in the world. So that's from the belief side. But then the other thing that I heard in what you were sharing is what you choose to focus on because it is a choice. We can choose like a camera doesn't capture what's actually real. A camera captures whatever you focus it on. And so where are you choosing to focus your camera? You can focus your camera. I call it a brag book. 
you know, for my clients where they write down all the things that they, they've accomplished because we so often are judging ourselves and looking at where we fell short versus where we were fucking amazing. Yeah. And so where are you focusing? Are you focusing there? Are you focusing on all the relationships that have supported you in rough times? Or are you focusing on all the relationships that cut you down to bad times or didn't support you in those bad times? So th- those are the two things, uh, the spiritual side on your basic fundamental belief system as well as what you're focusing on. Um, I think the belief yeah. system is really important because I think that speaks to an even deeper, you know, there's systemic shame and then there's also systemic belief systems that we're carrying in us, right? So there's beliefs about what happens after we die, which I think is the biggest belief that stops us from being grounded. Like if we believe we are endless souls on infinite timelines and that life and birth and death are just endpoints, to me, like that gives such a grounding sense of like, like when I go back to nature and I go and I look at the oceans and I'm just like, wow, these oceans were probably doing the same fucking thing when I was born and they're going to be crashing the same fucking way when I die. There's this like kind of letting go of like this attachment. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do believe that like our generational belief systems and fears that have been embedded in us around death, around what is this thing that we're inside of, this this fucking floating rock that we just happen to be alive inside of that's like got all this beauty and magic and all this pain and suffering like what is this thing we are experiencing i think the the belief systems that we carry oftentimes from religion or culture or 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 parents that then shape the way we see the world get in the way of us being able to navigate intense periods and times of crazy change like we're living in, a, in an unprecedented time right now with so much change, so much evolution, so much happening at light speed. Mm. And we're trying to navigate that with belief systems that were created hundreds of years ago mm. that are just unconsciously ruling. And I think maybe this is what this great awakening, this consciousness rising, this these conversations, they're starting to happen because it's like, how the fuck do you not? Like if you don't, like it's like we're we're all going to die if we just don't, like if we don't mm. learn to evolve these beliefs. Mm. So I'm curious for you, like how, what was your practice of one, becoming aware of the beliefs that were holding you back and then two, actually shifting the beliefs that were holding you back mm. so that you can live in a more integrated, aligned, like way of existing in the world. Mm. Becoming aware of the beliefs that have gotten in my way. Um, I'd say the first thing is going through trauma that opened me up to actually listen. You know, I I always related to myself as a loving, genuine, and nice person. But looking back when I was an engineer, just from the way that I was raised in this world, what was most valued was my intellect. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that, that's, that's what was going to get me the job. That's what my parents celebrated. So that's who I thought I had to be to be loved. That's what I thought would then also get me the woman, um, and, and the happiest of marriages and, and all the friends yeah. It's like the smarter you are. Okay. The, the more you're going to have all these things. And, and that's not the fucking case. <laughs> um, when you approach engineering that way, great. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. When you approach relationships that way, yeah. like no way. Um, and so I think it was just through lots of uh, hard times that I 
admitted and, and acknowledged that allowed me to be open to be coachable. You know, what's the saying? You know, the, the teacher will arise when the student is ready, something like that. Um, you know, and I, I was ready to actually look in the mirror and it admit to myself the parts of my heart that knew something was off. Mm. When I was an engineer, it was like, it looked good on paper. It's a good life. It's a great money. And like people respect you and people automatically trust you and things like that. But I remember for years, and I never said this to anybody, it was, is this all there is to life? Like, is this what this life is all about? Like working Monday through Friday, getting three weeks vacation a year, uh, not actually being able to fully enjoy my weekends or my vacations because I still have these projects looming over my head, um, trying to you know still have time to do laundry, clean the house, grow the grocery store, cook food, go to the gym, have a relationship, have sex, and then have children, and then get a house, and like to then retire and and then travel and be free when you know hopefully you're still alive and hopefully you have good legs and and I remember in my heart like there's so much more that I just don't know. Mm -hmm. But to admit that to myself, to actually face that feeling and begin a journey to actually explore what the fuck is possible, that's the scariest fucking thing for people to do because it blows up all their belief systems. Totally. Around family, friends, being lovable, doing the right thing, being a good person, whatever it is. Um, I had essentially just gone through enough shit to call bullshit on the own constructs that were in my life to then open up, to actually listen, um, to others and to myself. Like, and I think the truth is to listen to the truth of my heart where my heart knew this whole time, I was just too scared to admit it. And like, I thought that if I could hide from other people, there was this weird thing where I thought like this, I actually thought this at a time. And this is how I experienced my life in the past was if I could convince everyone around me that I'm happy, then I must actually be happy. It's like my own happiness was dependent upon people's perception of me. And I got really good at managing that. And, and it wasn't actually real happiness. I thought it was, what do but you, I just what didn't does, know. What does real happiness feel like in your body? Oh. Oh. Okay, orgasmic. Mm. It feels orgasmic. Like the, the liberation to to feel and to express and to enjoy every, to enjoy a meal, to enjoy the warmth of the tea, to enjoy stretching my leg, to enjoy connecting with a friend and like not feel afraid to express my joy uh, for fear of judgment, for fear of being weird. Um, it true happiness just feels like freedom. To, mm. to be freedom to be fully expressed yeah maybe is one way i'll describe it yeah yeah there's like a there's a frequency to liberation there's a reason why i called my company liberate because i was like like when i was really trying to capture like what is the feeling it's not healed and it's not like because healing implies that you're broken and like there's something to fix like but when i think of like the frequency of liberation and like what that feels like it just feels so juicy and like like alive and you feel uninhibited there's like a nature to just like the primal essence Mm. of being your most authentic self Mm -hmm. that just feels easeful and connected Mm. and when you source your power from something that isn't external it's internal that higher i like when you source all your power from there 
there's this state of like just being that is so exquisite in my eyes. And it sounds like you've had a very similar experience of that exquisite kind of frequency that's just so yummy because it's not actually your mind trying to fit you in a box that is going to Mm. sit inside of a construct, which is a belief system that somebody else is running with or a community is running with, or the world is running with. Mm. Like you're actually aligning with your own internal belief systems. How did you, so you became aware of these sort of beliefs that were getting in the way and you, you trusted it was, it was, it was, there was a heart frequency that kind of came up, right? Mm -hmm. How did you then know which beliefs to replace it with like because it, it's like i feel like when we lose something i think this is a big reason why most people don't actually leave their communities and leave their friends and try to change because it's like if i'm not this who am i and i think that who am i place is a really scary place for people so i'd love to maybe even spend some time talking about like okay you've you went through this change where you like you unraveled and it sounds like i also heard you hit a rock bottom moment right in your marriage and in your life like mm-hmm. how did you like what what was the journey to then like kind of recreating your identity sure. to be more in alignment with your most authentic self <sighs> well brother um and th- this is why i continue to have compassion for so many people like i was fortunate enough oddly paradoxically to go through such tragedy because when you literally feel like you're at rock bottom, like there's nowhere but up in whatever you fucking choose. So like you take a next step in this area, like it's better than where you were before. You take your next step in this area, it's better than where you were before. And so I was fortunate enough, I'd say, to go through those things to where any step that I took was going to lead me somewhere different. And as long as it was aligned with my heart, I I knew it was going to take me somewhere beautiful. Where so many people, they haven't experienced enough pain to one way to say, one way I'll say it is we choose our discomfort in life. Okay. There's the discomfort of working out and exercising. And there's, there's the discomfort of being unhealthy and sick. Choose your discomfort. Yeah. Choose your heart. I love that. Like choose your heart. Yeah. Choose your heart. It's one of my favorite, uh, yeah, continue. Yeah, it's my favorite construct. And, and yeah. so, so that's what I'm what I'm speaking to is so many people aren't able to or aren't ready, able, or choose to make these shifts because of the discomfort that they're they're choosing. Yeah, um, they'd rather choose the discomfort of living a fake life, uh, not acknowledging the parts of them that don't like this, don't like that, don't agree with this. Um, but that discomfort isn't worth the perceived discomfort of losing community or losing friends or losing family. Well, and it's a false fear, right? Like, cause I feel like in my life today, like one of my biggest, the biggest things that I was afraid of doing in my life was breaking up with my ex of nine years because that I knew meant I was going to lose a ton of friends. I was going to lose friendships. I was going to lose community. My parents were going to, their idea of me was going to be shattered like I was going to go from this guy that had this perfectly well-maintained reputation to like, mm-hmm. and, um, and I was afraid for almost four years of breaking up with her. I stayed with her for four years 
um, ever since I had the seed that like she just wasn't the right girl for me. And now I'm looking back on my life and I'm like, wow, I have people who truly love and see me for me. It's like, there's these fears. It's like, that's the fear. Like the mind only creates. So the mind is like a projector. You, you know, this, like, it's like for everyone listening, like I've always seen the mind is like, it only projects a future based on what it's already experienced. And so if you're listening to the mind and you're trying to figure out and make a life decision, like odds are when you're thinking about it and rationalizing it and strategizing it and planning a path, you're actually planning from a well of things you've already experienced. But if what you want to experience is different than what you've already done, it has to come from the heart and the heart is irrational mm. and you and, and it sounds like the, the heart doesn't really know, like there's not really a, and I'd actually let's spend some time on the heart. Cause I think that like, how did you cultivate the, the courage to, to trust the heart? Hmm. Well, my interpretation of the last thing that you shared is we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Mm. And then that's what we get to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're not liking the experience that we're having. Um, mm, the courage to listen and trust the heart. I'll point back to where we choose because it's a choice. We may not be aware of it. So many things we do automatically. It is a choice where you choose to point your camera and what you choose to focus on. And what I would invite for myself and for you and for everybody, um, is to look, look at what your heart is saying. It doesn't mean you need to take action right away. It doesn't mean you need to honor it. Just look. Uh, a practice that I have my clients do when, they, when they're confused around something is, okay, this question you're asking yourself, ask it from your mind. All the pragmatism, the logic, the pros and cons list, do whatever. Allow that space. What does your mind say about this? Don't judge it. Put it down. Now that you got that out of the way, focus on your heart. Focus on your body. Focus on your your feelings, like what it actually says now that you can, like, decapitate yourself in a way. And then write that down. Honor, like, again, you don't need to take that action, but just see, see what's happening. And then also think, like, and then from the gut. What does the gut say? And that's an instantaneous practice. Uh, and when you're answering from the gut, it doesn't make any logical sense. You know, do I want to break up with this person, yes or no? The gut might say, purple, pig, green, no, red. Oh, there was a no in there, you know, and if you practice listening from the gut and you're taking more than two seconds, you're back in your head. What's fascinating about this is like, I think most people are just afraid to go through a process like that because they don't want to admit the answer to themselves. They're much, they feel like being in denial of the truth is safer back to the safety piece than connecting to the authenticity and I would offer for anyone listening that I believe that if we harbor our denials that's what leads to sickness that's what leads to aging so it leads to us actually growing into illness because you're actually allowing and you're denying a part of you that's that's truly inside and and I I really do feel like you know we're such interconnected beings like the mind body system is one big system and so i think it's so important what you're sharing is so important i'm so grateful that you're doing this work with people because just teaching people to have the courage to even just explore the question 
This has nothing to do with taking the action that comes, you know, it's, there's nothing to do with taking the actual action, but just have the courage to ask yourself the question and take your time with the answer. It doesn't have to be an answer you move through tomorrow. You can do your research. You can do your due diligence. When I left my corporate job, I used to be an engineer too. I don't know if I told you that. I was a petroleum engineer in my past life. When I left my corporate job, I knew I wanted to leave three years before I actually did. I built the, the, the confidence, the, the money coming in. I focused on my business. Like I didn't feel ready to leave, but I knew that it was the right choice for me, and it took me three years to do it. And I think there's something to be said about just the courage to like, giving yourself the permission because that is self-love. Yeah, it's like that is self-love. And I'm, dude, I just love you. You're like such a G. Like I, <laughs> I, I had a feeling we were gonna have like just the most epic conversation. And what's so beautiful about this conversation versus the other ones, like I feel like generally when I experience you, like you're really like kind of grounded and calm. Mm -hmm. And in this conversation, I got to feel your aliveness mm. and your passion mm. for these topics and these conversations. And I can feel how much you care mm. for people because it's like you almost want to like shake them. Mm. Just be like, do you not see how brilliantly amazing you are and what's possible for your life? And I can only imagine the gift that is to the clients you work with. And I'm, I'm just very grateful that I got to experience this side of you mm. because it, it gives me a much fuller picture of the like the range of ryan and it's a really beautiful thing man so i just want to thank you for being as you are it's it's really 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 lovely thank you brother mm -hmm. thank you for acknowledging that yeah i got some fire too i know sure. you do it it's fucking amazing <laughs> it's great um it, it's nice because in, in the work that i do uh the fire is less present the the fire is used at times when it's really necessary but what people really need the most brother and this is something that's interesting i've I didn't expect to be there as my main gift as a coach. <clears throat> I thought that the feedback that I would get around, oh my God, you're such an amazing coach, like the questions that you ask or you know, this, these pieces that you bring, the feedback that I get that's most valuable more than anything like coaching related is just being able to experience me. Mm. Um, and, and what they're pointing to and what they've said is... <clears throat> I have never, ever experienced unconditional love like I am right now. Bro, I don't know. I know you get the magnitude of what that means. I don't know if a lot of people do. Um, it, it is so needed. Um, we, we, so many people have never experienced unconditional love. And it is the most healing 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 thing to experience it's safety um it is the foundation of safety in it, my eyes it, it's a co-regulation where like they're feeling something in me that they've never felt from anybody before and they're like holy shit that's what it is that that that's that's possible like it's right there i, I just i felt it like i know i know it's real now people talk about it but i've I don't believe it to be real. Mm. And now they, they know that it's real. They know that it's possible and it just opens up an entire new world for them. Mm -hmm. And it shows them how they can be mm -hmm. like, I I'm just a, a being here to help you co-regulate your nervous system. And now that you see what's available now, you can do it. Yeah. And now let's go. Yeah. And, and, and then they're off. It's just like a confidence builder. I've always found that like, 
you know, we are our own greatest healers. Mm. You know, like there's no person, there's no tool, there's no thing outside of you that's doing the healing. The healing is happening within you, right? We're all just conduits for that eventuality. Mm. And I think what you just spoke to is that truth. Like when you mirror somebody's greatness or somebody's love Mm. right back to them, Mm. you're actually giving them the ability to reference that and anchor into that within themselves. And once you feel it, you can't unfeel it. Like once you... Like you can forget yep. something in the mind, yep. but once it's in the body, mm. once it's a sense, once it's a felt experience, mm. then it's something that's a part of your DNA. It's a part of your genetic code. It's a part of your expression. Yep. And that to me <clears throat> is the greatest gift we can give people. And mm. I, I, I just want to continue mirroring back, man. Like the more I get to know you, the more I, I feel and feel the, the sense of like that sense that you're speaking to. Like that's what I felt every single time we've had a conversation. There's like a deep presence to what I'm speaking and like there's a deep listening. And I think that listening is is such a gift. And so I just want to thank you again for, you know, sharing your heart, sharing your truth, for showing up the way you do. Um, If anybody listening wanted to reach out, get in touch, learn more about your offerings, how would they Mm. do that? And could you share a little bit about the work that you do and Mm. who might be a great fit for the work that you do? Mm. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I, I relate to myself as a little more old school. <clears throat> so that means Facebook, not Instagram for me. Cool. So if you have a Facebook uh, and you want to reach out to me, Facebook Messenger, check out my page. I, I, I'm not super active on it, but there's a few things that I have on there that can, you know, have you get a better, better sense of who I am. Um, and, if, and if there'd be a good partnership, if, you're, if you or someone you know is looking for support. Um, the other way is just my email, ryanmatsumoricoaching at gmail.com. Cool. Um, and who I specifically specialize in working with is men uh, between 30 30 and 70, to be honest. A lot of my recent clients um, have been in their early 60s. It's pretty interesting. Um, I do have a new client who's 30. Um, But between, you know, 30 and late 60s, and where you really, you're resonating with this conversation. Like, you're, you're really at a place in your life where you're ready to acknowledge the truth of your heart and begin to explore what those things are and what they mean for you in a safe container where you're not going to be judged or you're not going to be made wrong. It's actually going to be encouraged to explore your deeper truth with a professional who has tons of personal experience of this as well as with their clients. Um, And when you begin that journey, that's then just going to support your overall relationship to yourself, your overall peace, your power, your clarity that then is going to support you in your relationships, your relationship with, with your woman or your man if you're gay, uh, your relationship with your children. Um, and so that's who I work with is men who are ready to go deeper in their introspective journey and they're super scared um, and they want to improve all their relationships in their life with their women and or their children. Cool. Well, we'll make all of your, sh- uh, your links available in the show notes. Brother, I got one last question for you in the midst of everything you're doing everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? But more importantly, what is one thing you do every single day to just help you become more grounded? (sighs) It's interesting. Honestly, it's what just happened right now. I took a moment. I physically put my hand on my heart and I took a deep breath and I just let myself exhale and drop in and pause in that emptiness. 
that pause and that emptiness, there's so much there. It feels like endless safety. It feels like infinity. It feels timeless. That pause for me really just helps me like go from all the craziness that's here and just And, and when I say get out of the head into the body, literally what happened, hand on the body. Breath, intentional breath is the body. Pause. Um, even though it was super subtle, there's actually, there was a lot of body activation that just took place. So I'd say that would be the thing, brother, because you mentioned every day. Um, and so that would be it is in the moment when I'm feeling overwhelmed, over in my head, whatever it is, taking the pause, hand on the heart, big deep breath in, one big exhale, pause in the spacious emptiness as long as I can, and then come back to the moment. I love it, dude. Well, brother, again, it's been a mm. pleasure having this conversation. Thank I you, appreciate Ryan. you being here. And yeah. Everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Ryan. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Stay Grounded. No matter where you're from or what you're going through, I hope it helps you remember just how incredible you are and have always been. If you're on a path of emotional healing or self-discovery and would like to learn how Liberate can support your journey, head to www.rajana.com forward slash liberate. That is L-I-B-E-R-8 to learn more about our current group programs and one-on-one offerings. I love you guys and I'll see you next week.